Hello and welcome to the Fit and Feminist podcast with fitness and nutrition coaches Lauren and Lindsay. Our aim is to educate and empower women to take control and rebuild confidence with their health, fitness and lives. We have the fitness facts and no-nonsense nutrition tips you need for success with a hefty dose of feminism thrown in. With top bands and massive oversharing along the way, we hope you finish each episode feeling a step closer to the life and results you deserve. If you'd like more of us or have a question you'd like answering on the podcast, you can message us at Lauren Randall Fitness and at Lindsay Wells PT and Nutrition. All right, let's get started. Hello, happy Monday. I hope you all had a lovely weekend. Um, I want to talk to you today on this solo edition of the Fit and Feminist podcast about body fat. So we're going to be talking about what actually is fat, because there's fat and there's fat. There's body fat and there's dietary fat. Um, and there are different types of dietary fat too. So I wanted to do this um, to clear a few things up and to clarify what the process of gaining body fat is and to also help you to rationalise um, body fat gain and the process of losing body fat and that well to know that body fat does not define you and firstly I want to say that the amount of body fat you have is completely up to you it's for no one else to dictate it's for no one else to say um and if anybody does come to you and has anything to say about what your body looks like or what you should weigh or has an opinion about it you can give them two fingers from me okay so what is fat as i said we've got fat that is um dietary fat that is the food that we eat and we have our body fat this is also known as adipose tissue so this is the name for the connective tissue cells where fat is stored as potential energy. This tissue is hormonally active, it produces hormones and it's a main source of oestrogen for women. Too much body fat generally leads to too much hormonal activity and also can lead to disruption of endocrine balance and reproductive health. So what we find is um, in uh, people who have been on uh, severely restricted um, calories. So, you know, we're looking at possibly disordered eating, um, athletes, people who have a very, very low um, body fat percentage, um, possibly losing their periods and struggling to conceive, which, you know, may not be a problem for some people but that is not a sign of a healthy body so we do need healthy body fat levels and the amount of body fat that a woman can function on and thrive on is very different to the levels of body fat that a man would be able to achieve so that's worth bearing in mind um so yeah we want an um a nice level of body fat where we feel like we are thriving um if you have and you're happier to have a higher level of body fat, then that is for you to say. As long as you are still doing all the things that you want to be able to do, so you're able to exercise, you're able to you know, run around after your children, if you have them, um, you're able to enjoy life, um, you know, go out doing activities with friends, you don't feel self-conscious, like, as long as you're happy in your body, it is 
for no one else to say what your body should look like. Um, what we for, for a, a person who is in a larger body or is overweight to obese, say, for you to be healthy, which is absolutely achievable, we do need to be having activity. So you can still be healthy at a heavier weight if you are active, if you are um, stimulating your cardiovascular system, if you are walking regularly, if you are doing strength training and weight training, um, you know, again, all of these things are, are very personal, um, but it is very possible to be healthy and active in a larger body if you are happy and comfortable and pain-free. Um, obviously, being in a larger body, there are more um, more chances of um, increased risk of things like type 2 diabetes, um, higher blood pressure, higher cholesterol, um, things that you know can affect our day-to-day -day lives and our future health. So that's worth considering. So if you think about your, um, if, if, you're, if you are here, and I'm going to say it again, if fat loss is your goal, then think of your weight, and I've put that in inverted commas, um, think of your weight loss as using up an overstock of stored potential energy, because that is what fat is. Fat is stored potential energy. It is there to use, say, you know, back when we were still getting chased by bears and I don't know, woolly mammoth. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we would have needed, um, and food was scarce also, um, we would have needed some fat stores to survive. Uh, unfortunately, in this day and age, there is an abundance of food, um, lots of it delicious, which I'll come on to shortly. Um, very tempting, um, very big portions, lots of things that are fried, high in sugar, high in salt, high in carbohydrates and fats. And that is really the perfect storm for um, mouthfeel, for deliciousness, um, taste, enjoyment, um, dopamine stimulation, um, that reward um, process that goes on in the brain that encourages us to keep on eating even when we're full. Um, so yeah, we we tend to not need to worry anymore about having potential stored energy so much because um, we're never really in a situation where food is scarce to that level. So as I say, if you think about the science of this as literally fat is just stored energy and that can be used up um, and depleted and it can go up at any time and it is not fixed, it is not stuck. So once you maybe, you know, say you've put on a stone and you're like, oh God, like, you know, a lot of people out of lockdown came out of lockdown with, you know, at least half a stone on because some people were working more from home, more sedentary, um, people were eating more because um, that was one of the only things that we could do that was really stimulating and nice and enjoyable and something to look forward to. Um, everybody was baking. Remember the abundance of banana bread posts on Instagram um, and turning to alcohol again for something to enjoy. Um, I'm looking back, harking back to that first lovely lockdown where the sun was out and, you know, sitting in the garden with a nice glass of rosé was a delight. Um, so yeah, but it was no surprise that, you know, a lot of people came out of lockdown 
feeling a little bit heavier than they did before they got locked up. Um, so yeah, I think just bearing in mind that, as I said, your um, the levels of fat that you have stored is completely changeable over time. It will go up and it will come down. Um, and there are ways that we can do that. You know, you'll also find throughout the year, we are not meant to be stuck at one weight. We don't have to be stuck at one weight. Um, and that, you know, translates into our levels of body fat. So, you know, you go on holiday, you can expect maybe to put on a few pounds. And that's absolutely fine because you know within the next month, because you've gone back to your normal eating habits and normal movement habits, that that will come back down again. And and body weight fluctuates day to day. Um, body fat is pretty linear. So that will reduce or increase in a quite a linear fashion. So just try and remove the emotional response to body fat by remembering that it is just stored energy. It is completely changeable. We can always do something about it. And we are not meant to just be the exact, you know, bang on nine stone for the rest of our lives. That's just not something that's going to happen. So how do we get fat? <laughs> so if you think about what happens when a supermarket buys too much of a product and that product doesn't sell, I'm going to use this analogy. So that stock would then be taking up a lot of room in storage. Um, what we would want to be doing is, um, as a supermarket, we would be reducing the price of the items and put them, the items on sale and to get rid of it. This you can think of as your deficit. So how quickly a supermarket would decide to do this um, would determine how quickly that space was cleared. So that is, you know, your decision to choose to lose body fat. And then how much they decided to reduce the item by would also determine how quickly the stock would clear. So that is the size of your deficit. And we'll come back onto this in a second. Would a supermarket continue to buy a product and keep overfilling storage space if that stock, if that product was not moving? No, they would not. But that is what we do as humans. So, and that is how we begin to start excess body fat because instead of using up the fat that we already have for energy we keep consuming more energy than we need so we keep consuming more calories than we need and that then doesn't get used because maybe you know we're desk bound um we we and again increasingly in modern society we are moving less there's a machine for everything you know you've got robot hoovers um you don't have to clean your own car out somebody will do that for you, you know, there's lots of ways that we could move more um and use more energy um and it's you know it's very understandable why people are moving less and therefore storing more body fat. Because again, we have this perfect storm of everybody's moving less, we're more sedentary, we're more desk bound, um, working from home, etc. And on top of that, we are surrounded by delicious foods which are easily accessible um, and you know often quite cheap. So the science of this, the science of laying down um, body fat is called the um, fatty acid synthesis. So excess dietary fat is directly stored as body fat. Excess dietary carbohydrate or protein impairs fat oxidization, oxidation, sorry, which causes more dietary fat to be stored as body fat. Basically, 
any surplus of calories, whatever macro it's from, whether it's from carbohydrates, fat, um, sugars, um, or from fat itself, will increase fat stores if we are eating in a surplus of calories over time. So it's not bread's fault. It's not chocolate's fault. It's not pizza's fault. It is that if you are gaining body fat, that is because we are over-consuming calories beyond the needs of our body's energy. So just to be clear, fat oxidation is the process of breaking down triglycerides to fatty acids for use as energy. Okay, so that is coming back to that stored potential energy. So we've talked about body fat. I'm going to move now on to dietary fat. So dietary fat comes in different forms. Some are more beneficial than others. Dietary fat is just the fat from the foods that we consume. And you will find that most foods have some fat and they will all have some macros or, you know, a combination of um in varying degrees. So no food will just be protein, no food will just be carbohydrates. Some of them might be like a really high percentage of one macro, some might be a more even split of the three macros. Um, And I'm talking again, fat, protein and carbohydrates here. But um, yeah, fat basically, dietary fat is from the foods that we eat. Fat is nine calories, and that a, a calorie is a unit of potential energy per gram. Okay, when you consider that protein and carbohydrates are both four calories per gram, you can see that fat is more than double the value of energy. Given that, you know, if you go to a restaurant and you get a halloumi salad and it comes with five finger sized pieces of halloumi on it, you can see how those calories from fat can really rack up even though you think you've made a good choice because you've ordered a salad. So anything that has a clear fat on it generally will be more calorific than if you're choosing a protein sauce with a carbohydrate sauce, even say a chicken pasta dish. Add in there some a cream or a butter sauce and again we're racking up those calories on a dish and it's not surprising to find that most restaurant um, meals generally are from about 800 to sometimes three four thousand calories per meal and remember that restaurant portions are not made for a you know a person's um height and energy needs they make those portions and generally larger than we've ever had before for the general public so you know you could be a five foot two woman with a six foot two husband and you would be you know served the same size food again you can see how as women, as smaller women especially, you can really rack up the extra calories and then you are going beyond your body, your body size um, as energy needs. Okay, so um, obviously fat is energy dense and it's delicious. So generally fat is added to things because it gives that nice mouthfeel, it's very satiating, it makes things taste great. So it is very easy to overconsume it and it's very easy to store it too. So we have uh, saturated fats and unsaturated fats and of the unsaturated fats we have monounsaturated and polyunsaturated and these are omega-3s and 6s. So you know there's a lot of unsaturateds and polys and monos and etc so um it is quite it can be quite confusing but i'm going to try and simplify it a little bit for you 
So dietary fat has six major roles within the body and most foods, as I said, have some in combination. So saturated fat. Saturated fat is chemically stable. Uh, you're thinking of things like beef, pork, lamb, eggs and dairy. And the fat on these, so say you fry off, um, I don't know, uh, let's say we're, we're going to fry some bacon, okay? Um, what you see left over in the pan, that is your saturated fat. So the fat is solid at room temperature. With unsaturated fats, you generally find they stay liquid. So think about olive oil, that never hardens. Um, so saturated fat is also rich in cholesterol, which is necessary for life and gets a bit of a bad reputation and a bit of a panic word, but actually in balance. And we're talking, you know, remember whole health, um, all things in moderation and to a certain degree are healthy. Um, cholesterol isn't a bad thing. Um, it's just, you know, if we get imbalanced in it, that's when we start creating problems for ourselves. So we can eat saturated fat in balance with other types of fats. Be aware that too many saturated fats combined with sugar and carbohydrate is where the problems start. Saturated fat on its own is not the baddie. We tend to overconsume, as I said earlier, um, saturated fats when they are combined with other delicious ingredients. And food companies know this magic combo. So it's generally sugar, salt, um, fat and carbohydrates. Donuts, perfect example. Um, pizza, <laughs> another perfect example. You know, you have, um, you know, even Chinese food where you have something that is fried, um, a sweet and sour sauce, say. So you've got the savouriness of the... Um, I don't know, let's say it's a um, beef dish, okay? So you've got the savouriness of a fried beef dish, you have that sweet and sour sauce, you've got all of those tastes, um, taste sensations going in. Um, and again, it's it's really quite easy to over-consume those. I don't think many people would be slamming into them like a, a huge amount of steak. Like if you've ever been to one of these Brazilian um, restaurants where you you know you have the red and green cards that you can flip, there is really only so much meat that you can eat before you start getting the um, <laughs> meat sweats, as we call them, um, where you start like, you know, it's a process. It, um, protein is very, um, it's one of the hardest things or the most energy consuming things that the body can process um, and it takes the longest. Um, so, you know, it, there's only a certain level of um, of that kind of food you can consume before you get pretty fed up of it. Um, you know, try eating a dozen eggs, I'm, I think you'd struggle. But when you combine eggs in a cake, <laughs> it's a different story. Okay, so yeah, saturated fat is not a baddie, but we it's not the most favourable thing for us to eat. So onto our unsaturated fats, so our omega-3s and 6s. So both are polyunsaturated fats, um, we have ALAs, which are things like flax, chia seeds, hemp seeds and walnuts. We have EPA and DHA, which are from marine sources like cold water fish and algae. Yum, I can just hear you salivating about the algae there. Um, those things, so omega-3s, we do need direct sources and they are um, really vital for brain development, function and health. Omega-3s are also considered an anti-inflammatory. Um, and I think 
what I would generally recommend if people don't enjoy eating cold water fish. So I personally, I really do like salmon, um, sardines, pilchards, anything like that. If you're adding those things in, big bonus. Um, they are so good for you. But I appreciate that a lot of people don't enjoy those things. So that's where I would recommend uh, an omega-3 supplement. Um, and especially, again, if you're sort of vegan or vegetarian even, and you're not getting a lot of omega-3 in your diet, that would be probably a, a good thing to include. Generally, we don't get enough omega-3. We do, however, get enough omega-6s. And especially in America, they seem to use a lot more seed oils um, and they are pro-inflammatory. So, you know, again, threes and sixes are both beneficial, but we tend to have an imbalance of omega-6 to 3 ratios. So ideally, we want to be bringing up those omega-3s and being a little bit more moderate on the omega-6s. Um, so, yeah both are essential for the for a healthy body in moderation and depending on genetics but we do need to be careful about the it's the ratios of of um, of how we take those foods on so knowing all this then knowing that we are um in an obesogenic society um knowing that we are constantly surrounded by foods and deliciousness and um you know, as I said, I went for a lovely Sunday lunch yesterday and very much enjoyed it. It's not something that I would do every day, but the portion was big. Um, and again, if I was a five foot two woman rather than a five foot eight woman, that would have been, you know, more calories still against my offsetting against my energy output. Um, and also knowing now, you know, where we want to be placing our saturated fats and unsaturated fats and the benefits of both of those. How can we improve? So short list here i would be encouraging you to eat fewer processed and refined foods because again they would have more of that combination of um salt sugar fat and carbohydrates that is easy to overeat i would encourage you to eat varied plant and animal sources so as much variety as possible um, and remember plants include things like lentils um, beans seeds oats it's not just green stuff it's not just salad leaves it's not just spinach and rocket and kale okay so plant sauces there are many many um i mean if you you can just google if you're looking at getting sort of your 30 in a week which is the current recommendation um you know just have a look at a nice list um on tinterweb um and you'll see lots of suggestions and i would I would definitely suggest um, and encourage you to include as much as you can, as much variety as you, as you can. Try to include more fish, uh, nuts, seeds, avocado, olives and dark chocolate. So this is one of my um, sort of robbing Peter to pay Paul, let's call it. So because we want those beneficial fats from fish, nuts, seeds, avocado, olives and dark chocolate, yay there's the good news. Um, we can extract fat from av an avocado. You can't make an avocado lower fat. And whether it's unsaturated or saturated fat, it's still nine calories per gram. So we want to include these things. We want to have olives. We want to have um, nuts. Again, you can't extract the fat out of a walnut. <laughs> well, you can in into an oil, but you know if you're eating whole nuts, 
you're going to have all the fat from that. So we want to include those and we want to try and reduce our saturated fats. So how I generally recommend doing this is by buying reduced fat cheeses. So you can buy now 30 to 50% reduced fat cheddars. You can buy reduced fat feta, reduced fat mozzarella. All of these things will add interest, um, enjoyment and taste and texture and flavour to, say, a chicken salad. So, you know, adding some fat, um, and again, I would generally recommend, without giving you a calorie amount, a thumb-sized portion of fat would be a portion. And really aiming for four to six of those a day. Um, and yeah, we want to make most of those unsaturated. Um, I would be saying eat better quality animal products. So yes, you know, the price of living, the cost of living has gone up um, quite a lot lately. Um, and I appreciate that, you know, it's not going to be um, easy for everyone to say change to organic or grass fed beef. Um, but where we can, organic, grass fed, outdoor reared, locally sourced um, meat products would be favourable. Um, thumb size fat portions, as I've just said, and then also exercise. So having more lean mass, building muscle, and you know, if you're looking at com body composition change and we want to lose fat, we want to be putting that protein back in. So exercising stimulates muscle protein synthesis we're using we're putting the protein back in in food sources we build body um, mass we build lean mass or we maintain what we've got um, and that the exercise and the combination of um, eating more protein and more vegetables will get us diving into our fat stores if fat loss is your goal so yeah definitely include some exercise try and reduce the um fat in saturated fats where you can that another way of doing that would be to be trimming the fat off um visible fat from things like bacon ham beef for example um and yeah and using those reduced fat cheeses so i hope this has helped um it's just a short one I uh, hope it's cleared a few things up. As always, if you've got any questions, you can contact Lauren or I um, via our social media channels. And we're always happy to receive your questions for the podcast too. Um, but yeah, let's just finish on the note that how much body fat you have is completely up to you and will be completely individual to you depending on how you feel at any given body weight. But you are not fat and your body fat does not define you. So, as I said, anybody that has any arguments with that, you can give them two fingers from me. Have a great week, gang. Thanks for listening.